Uh, hey, everybody, this is Scoots. This is a, like an inspired crossover episode or inspired by a podcast that's just about to come out. Start with this uh, when I'm recording this. Uh, by the time you listen to it, it'll be out. It'll be a couple episodes out. It's the newest uh, podcast from Night Vale Presents, uh, the network that I'm so proud to be a part of. And two of the people at the network that are a pleasure to work with, but also just a inspiration are the creators of Welcome to Night Vale, uh, Jeffrey Craner and Joseph Fink. And the start with this is a creativity playground designed to put your ideas in motion. Uh, straight from their post, uh, each episode centers around a topic uh, from world building to opening lines to even failure. Uh, you, each episode, you get two uh, short assignments. Uh, they did an initial episode of PodCon uh, that I got to be there for in person. Uh, in each assignment, one is to consume something and one is to create. You can join the Start With This uh, membership forums, uh, share your work with other listeners. And it's mainly that Joseph and Jeffrey and everybody out there, we, we just want you to start creating one assignment at a time because the best way to start writing is to start writing, and the the idea to start with this is if you're not sure where to start, start with this. And tonight's episode, I guess, is for, for me, like, uh, to encourage you to uh, listen to start with this and to uh, get started, uh, but also to kind of acknowledge uh, some of the things, uh, like, in, in a sleepy bedtime story way, uh, that, that uh, like, uh, that come up, and, and so... Uh, this will be probably a pretty personal episode, but it'll be mostly things I haven't started because I know a lot of people that can be something that you're carrying, like a heavy pack, we'll say. And you think that because of that was the way it was in the past, uh, that it can't be that easy as start with this. And I can tell you after doing sleep with me for almost, uh, well, six calendar years, it's easy for your internal critic to say that, but it really is true. And not only that, but to back up, uh, uh, and this will be the kind of first part of my talk here tonight, uh, is that uh, to back it up, uh, I'm actually, there's been something I've been sitting on for a while, not asleep with, not for sleep with me, uh, but a very out of the box idea uh, that I've kind of uh, had for a while. And that I, like at first I had the general concept and I talked myself out of it, very similar to the creation of sleep with me. And then I said, well, that won't work. And then I said, well, I don't know exactly what it would be or how I would do it. And I said, I don't know how I'm going to make it work. I don't know how I'm going to find the time. And a lot of things. I just kept talking myself out of it. But the idea kept bubbling, bubbling back up and saying, hey, Scoots, this really seems like an impossible, uh, not so great idea. Why don't we work on this? And that's the same thing that happened with sleep with me, except I kept saying no. And, you know, sometimes the ideas do have to germinate for me, but I think it is better to be working on it in a deliberate way in just little pieces, little tiny, tiny pieces. And I'd been slowly like saying, well, I want to start working on this and start with this is just giving me the opportunity to do that and say, well, okay, well, in, in kind of parallel with this podcast, uh, I'm going to sit aside a set amount of time every day uh, to work on this new project. And believe me, uh, I can relate. If you have, if you say, well, like whatever those brain bots or those boy voices are uh, that are making it hard to start, uh, I can relate to those right now.
And so I just wanted to kind of hold that space, I guess, and acknowledge that if you, you have your doubts or uh, something, uh, literally just start. Uh, and I think of like, uh, you just set aside some time, listen to start with this. I guess that's the easy way to do it. Listen to start with this and follow the uh, activities. And that's what I'll be doing uh, with this project. And hopefully it'll be something that exists in the world one day. Uh, though, just like maybe you, I'm having trouble believing that. I say, well, you had, okay, you wrote down the idea. You started working on it for a few, you know, a few minutes each day. Yeah, it's still, so, so I just wanted to say, okay, you know, that's natural. But also the past uh, is natural too. And, and uh, you might like, but sometimes when we see people, you say, Scoots, you got it all. You put people to sleep. You, you, you can't get to the point. You got those r- r- creaky dulcet tones. I mean, I don't even know how, like, how do you develop those? Uh, what do you do? Like, uh, stand in the North Pole and, and, uh, you, like, make loud noises uh, to, to, how do you, how do you, uh, how do you get those? Uh, like, you say, Scoots, you make it, you know, you, you know, I've done that a lot of times. You see other people. And you think, oh, it just comes natural to them and stuff. Uh, so I wanted to talk about just some of the stuff I've tried to work on or that uh, that is like that I haven't followed through on ever or that I worked on for a little bit uh, and just see where it goes. I really don't know where this is going to go. And uh, for me, none of this stuff is anything I'm working on or have worked on in a while. And there's a big missing spot in the middle for the majority of my, uh, like, young adult life. Uh, but hopefully, I don't know, like, it'll put you to sleep and you'll be there resting so comfortably in bed. And for anybody that's listening, or that was says, well, I fell asleep to it and then I listened to it during the day three months later. I don't know, maybe, maybe this will be useful. Uh, but you'll also get a lot of insight into old little Andy and, and, and Drew and everybody. And some of this is stuff I've talked about, but not in this context and not in a while. And so the first time, uh, like, so we'll start with the first story. Well, okay, no, no. Well, so I do, so the, what is it? The Geddes branch of the Onondaga County Public Library, just to the librarians there. Uh, that worked there in whatever the 1980s. To and this isn't a joke. I guess I should send Lamar Burton a letter. Yeah, in the Onondaga County librarians at the Geddes Branch, uh, I owe uh, an extreme debt of gratitude to all of you. And this podcast actually does. And if you ask me where it started, that's probably where the podcast kind of started. Because when I was a uh, a real little kid. I have no idea how old I was. Uh, uh, my, my like our, our library had a summer, not just a summer reading game. Maybe I don't know what they call it nowadays, but I think back, and maybe that back then it was different. Uh, but it's called drop your kids at the off, drop your three older kids off at the library for a little while in the summer each day, and. Uh, read and also do activities and watch Reading Rainbow. And not only that, uh, in man, am I, does it show the, the gap in my, uh, in, and I'll reach out to my mom to see what the name of the librarian, librarians were. 
Uh, but they not only spent time with us, like going through and seeing if we read the books and interviewing us, but we each each summer we would put together a book, like a self-published uh, book. I mean, uh, or uh, a pamphlet uh, of our works, which would be drawings, poems, and short stories. Uh, and I just wanted to say I don't remember any of the stories I wrote, or and I'd probably if I did any drawings. Uh, uh, who knows? Uh, but I spent a lot of time there with my brother Carl, my sister Sheila. It was where, uh, like, a lifelong love of learning really began. It, you know, lifelong respect for LeVar Burton, even though Bernie doesn't like a LeVar, I do. And it just really was, uh, I guess, like a, a pre formative. I don't know if it was pre I think it was pre formative because it was on summer break. Uh, and summer in libraries kind of have a safe place thing to me uh, that felt unrelated to formal education, which I didn't do so hot at. So that was my first memory. I started with something there. Don't know what it was, but that was an encouraging process. Uh, uh, then I don't really like uh, remember a lot. So this probably was in like uh, elementary grammar school, grade school, or what people call it, like K through four or five. I don't know, even when kids start to read, really. Uh, so that was one moment uh, that we'll set aside there, mostly thanks to the staff of Onondaga County Library. Uh, the next one was that I remember, and maybe other stuff will come up, is middle school. You know, this one has come up on the podcast before. And unfortunately, a lot of these teachers uh, that went out of their way to try to encourage me uh, I ended up because just I had this uh, unfortunate streak of uh, anti-authoritarianism in me, and I was confused and conflicted about my relationship with authority figures. Uh, they do still owe some of these people truly. Not and this isn't a metaphor like actual amends, even though it was like before. Well, I just or apology, I guess, is what I really owe them. And so it was complex. My relationship with right the stories has always been fraught in some sense, uh, and I think that's true for maybe a lot of people because uh, I've just I've always been like as uh, sleepy as I can say this uh, conflicted and confused uh, person, and uh, so. Uh, but it happened to be, and I guess it was, I think it was eighth grade, but it could have been seventh grade or grade seven or grade eight, which would be middle school. And it was when I was in middle school and that was like, and I talked about this a little bit, like uh, my first taste of tracking, which I think they've done away with maybe, or maybe that's not what they call it, but they put the kids, uh, they're going to cause issues all in the same class. Uh, and, uh, at my school, it was even called seven one, grade seven dash one. We were seven one, and the high flyers were seven five. Uh, so, like, uh, and I think the overflow from seven one went. It didn't go to seven two. It went to like seven. I don't know what the other seven was, uh, but we were, you know, we were like the we'll just say in a sleepaway the mod squad, uh, and. Then in eighth grade, they, there was less kids, so I don't know. But I know it's also in the, like, in eighth grade, they said, remember those numbers and how we told you they meant stuff? They don't mean anything. By the way, you're in 8-2. We don't have 8-1 this year. Or 8-1 is the best. 
is doesn't mean anything. Eight four is second best. Eight three and eight two. Those numbers don't mean something like that. So again, you can see how my relationship uh, was a bit kind, kind, you know, with the the mechanisms of adult the adult real world. Uh, but so we had this great English teacher who was very excited, and uh, uh, again, till I submit a formal apology or whatever, I don't want to bre- bre- breach their name. But I can remember she, she early on in the year uh, gave us a like creative writing assignment, and this is when that spark came that so rarely, uh, like that I was very out of touch because I was uh, on a journey, like uh, where, where in the woods or whatever, where there wasn't a lot. You say, well, I can't. This woods is uh, not a super full of sunlight. Uh, but this was where a ray of sunlight broke through. And they said, I think it was like, you could write about anything or I can't remember the prompt, uh, uh, but, uh, I ended up writing this story, which was, uh, based on the movie that pretty much one of the movies that kind of changed my life and blew my mind. Indiana Jones and the, um, uh, whatever the first movie was called, it meant so much to me. Oh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. That was what it was called. And so what happened was uh, I recreated a version of it called Indiana Jones. And I don't remember what the name of the first story was. The second story, or maybe it was the Temple of Achu. I guess it was. That was the first, because there was another Indiana Jones movie that came out back, like right around that age. Yeah, that kind of syncs up. Uh, so the story was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Achu. And like, I remember reading it in class and it was somewhat, it had the humor of this podcast in it, I think, but I wasn't sure about that. And I remember reading, we had to read the stories out loud. And it was, this was honestly one of my first times, uh, at least like in, in a later prepubescent stage, uh, like right around that adolescence or whatever, I don't know, whatever you call that, where I had some sort of positive, uh, like where stuff felt good at school, like because classmates started laughing and even the teacher was laughing and I had to everybody's attention and it was a high. I mean, first it was also not a high, like something, you know, that causes other things to spike. Uh, but I really hadn't been on the stage like that before, or whatever you want to call it. And it, it, and like had the teacher react in a surprised way that wasn't like a, emotionally surprised way and like also like asking me a lot of questions about creative choices and then it kind of was saying oh was this a intentional metaphor temple of achu it was unintentional i'll be honest with you and then even had to do a rewrite now the rewrite i did or part two uh like based on the teacher's feedback was masked by that i got a little carried away with the metaphor of the achu and I think I made it inside a nose, uh, like a giant's nose or something. Where So I think I like uh, my people pleasing kind of pulled me off of uh, the, whatever originally worked about the story. Uh, but whatever, like I wrote those two stories and then I, d- I don't remember anything else uh, uh, from middle school, like as far as like schoolwork wise. Uh, those were like uh, socially my best years. Uh, but like, uh, uh, but anyway, so. Um, like, uh, but it, so I did one thing and I got hooked on that praise and I said, wait a second, um, 
and it, this is going to sound a little bit H-A-R-S-H for some people, but I think a lot of people will relate to it. You know, this isn't, and this is uh, removed from from my esteem, but just the truth is, it was like one of the first times I actually felt uh, good at something, you know, like that I was like, oh, I did this and it elicited a positive response, but not like uh, because I was intending it. Like, you know, a lot of times as kids, we learn adjust, whatever they call it, adjustment strategies that involve a level of manipulation. And you say, well, I know if I do this, this, and this, I'll make the adults happy or the other kids happy. So calculated. I was probably a calculated youth, too. This was one where I said, well, I'm just going to be myself. I'm just going to do this. And then um, it worked out. So it was like the first taste of actual confidence I had. Now, because of the complication with my relationship with authority figures, it didn't allow me to have like some sort of uh, positive, like a, I wasn't able to receive any encouragement other than the temporal kind. Uh, but again, it was a big moment because now looking back, I realized that I was hooked right then and that it's okay to feel like, wow, I did something good by just being myself and just doing it naturally. So I think that's another important thing of like thinking about starting is like thinking about starting somewhere. I don't know, uh, like, a, like, uh, you can rewrite stuff and stuff doesn't have to be perfect, but uh, sometimes what comes out organically, even if it gets changed and, and uh, reformulated, it, there's a, there's an initial purity to just randomly whatever comes out. Maybe, I don't know. Okay, so then we move on to high school, like pre, pre um, high school before, um, like, uh, I, I like, um, discovered um imbibing i'm trying to make this as sleepy as i can and not go off the rails about that stuff even though it's important and part of the story uh, so the initials we had this again another amazing english teacher that i've actually written apologies to but haven't sent them and this teacher again there was two different assignments uh within kind of a pretty close time one was writing um and i've talked about this on the podcast before but one was writing um, haikus, and I remember I never did homework. I just didn't do it. Like, I didn't do barely any schoolwork, uh, and it was, uh, like, so for me to, like, take work home, like, this haiku idea when I learned about it, and again, I don't do haikus now, but I can remember staying in my room focused and working on these haikus, uh, and I don't know if we had a writing prompt or not, uh, other than following the haiku structure. And I think we had to do two or three haikus. And I can remember writing and rewriting and reformulating, saying, okay, not this word. What about this word? Here's what I'm trying to convey. And the only one I remember, I think we did three, and the teacher said all three of mine were great, but I thought one, I personally was like, okay, this one is actually good. And it was about grass and the dew, but it was comparing it like to some... Uh, shining blades or something i don't remember like uh and uh, the, those were so good that two of my classmates accused me of plagiarism uh which i took as a compliment uh, because i was like oh i didn't plagiarize that so then this teacher building on this kind of theme oh boy this i guess i think i've talked about this in the podcast before but it asked us to write our ob our obit yeah, back when those these were published in the newspaper, 
And this will give you some insight to, like, in some sense, uh, the person I am today and the person I was back then are much different, but they're also, like, different, definite sensibility similarities. And I decided, uh, like, I'm not everybody, we were, I remember we were working on it in class, and it would just seem boring to me. Like, oh, you're just going to take what goes in the newspaper and copy it and be like, well, I went to this school. Or I discovered this, you know, science thing, or I went to space, or I ran a business, I had a family. Like, everybody do, was doing the same thing. And I was like, one, I don't want that uh, for, for, for me anyway. And two, like, it, like, it was just seemed boring, creatively boring and unchallenging to me. So what I did do is write this poem and the poem was very similar to the podcast in some sense. It was about a young man, Andy, who like uh, moved on from earthly life, but it was written from the first perspective. And Andy had just moved on from that life and was on an elevator uh, and didn't realize that the elevator was uh, uh, like, then realized that during the elevator, that the elevator was going straight down. And, like, in between, I think, like, Andy had some regrets and then gets on the elevator and realizes, uh, like, someone, I think when the door's open, there's someone with red spandex on. And I don't, like, I just remember some of the lines of the poem, which aren't exactly, but, again, like, again, this was one where I got positive attention from the class and positive attention from the teacher. And, but because of my fraught relationship, I like, like actually the teacher like went out of their way to keep trying to encourage me to get it published or to do something with it or rewrite it. And we did have to rewrite it once. Uh, uh, but again, like I couldn't, it just wasn't in that place. I couldn't handle that kind of uh, positive attention from adults. And unfortunately, I didn't handle it in a classy way or whatever. Like, and to be rebuffed uh, when you're trying to encourage someone is probably uh, not easy. So, again, I owe that teacher a bunch of apology or just, you know, a very clear apology. And maybe by sharing this, you know, they'll encourage me to do so. Now, right at, not, not long after that was when I discovered, uh, uh, like, uh, when I became, uh, like, uh, like, uh, like it was when I discovered alcohol, I guess. And I mentioned that because then like, uh, it can change my, it, it, that spark, uh, like, because for me, like a lot of creation stuff is like that spark. It's like the desire for attention. It's both uh, the joy and the fear. And am I good at this? Uh, like, I think it's even equal parts maybe. And that both of those like are like a fusion reactor, uh, or can I do this? Can I be good at this? Oh boy, I have this idea. I mean, even for the thing I'm trying to work on right now, it has that, uh, and I think maybe that is, at least for me, like the fusion reaction, uh, in making stuff, uh, uh, but for me, like alcohol numb, able, enabled me to numb myself, uh, from both the, the the sparks of fear and the sparks of uh, ambition, uh, and just not care, like to have some distance between, like, uh, like feelings I couldn't, uh, like uh, that were just, uh, I don't know, it just like ended up uh, being a shortcut, I guess. And I mentioned that because I really didn't, um, 
like even though I had creative fantasies, uh, I guess like ambition was uh, take replaced by fantasy. Uh, and again, this isn't this is just my story, and it's not a right or wrong thing for anybody. Uh, but it was just a path that I took for a while, and you know I still wanted to be cre- creative or. You know, I decided I want to make movies and uh, uh, fantasize about that and then ended up, like, studying more theory than, I, like, uh, I, I mean, in school we did have other creative stuff, but uh, I guess I'm talking about the stuff that has a little bit more of a deeper, like, nearly divine connection as these things are just had more impact. Uh, but so those were some of the stories. And then later in high school, I guess, like, I did discover this uh there was one other thing I almost worked on. And when I think about stuff, I didn't start like I did do. And again, this was later in school. I think it was in like a theology class or something. Or may, maybe like a like history class. I'm not sure. Uh, but we were supposed to do a how-to. And so we we're all supposed to like present to the class, like write an essay of how to do something. And this was the 90s now. And so I wrote a... Like, uh, I think we were still in the Cold War. We just come out of the Cold War, but we still had those Cold War feelings, especially kids of my generation, because we were raised on this constant message about it. Uh, and so I wrote, instead of writing a how to like bake a cake or how to ride a bike, I wrote a, uh, <laughs> this is not, it's just to get make a sleep podcast. Uh, uh, but so I wrote a how to, of like, oh, what if the, like one of those ver- like uh, versions of the um, uh, Cold War came true? What would you do if you had like resources and stuff? And it also goes to I think that I talked about one of my favorite books was this book about this kid who was trying to um, dig a hole through the earth. Uh, yeah, growing that was when I was even littler. Uh, so. Like the idea of, I don't know. So I, I thought it was a fun how to because it was like more challenging and more interesting to me. And I think I probably looked up some facts, but it was probably most based on uh, it was probably another bump benefit. Uh, but and again, I got good feedback from that. Uh, and then I remember saying, okay, well, uh, maybe this is, I like this idea, like, because I, I like the idea of this under the earth, in the crust, living in the crust of the earth idea. And I don't know if I had read any books about that. Uh, I mean, I have later in life. Uh, but so I think I, um, what happened? So I, like, I, I started to outline a grand, like, uh, whatever you call it, an epic novel that would take place. Uh, I mean, I think when I heard Middle Earth, I, that's what always con- confused me before I read uh, all the books in the Lord of the Rings, was I was like, if you say Middle Earth, don't you mean, so the hobbits live in the middle of the earth? Uh, and it's like, no, 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 that's just where they call it, like, that's what the continent or whatever. I say, oh, and I don't get, it's not in the middle of the earth, are you sure? Because, oh boy, does Gollum look like Gollum spent a lot of time in the middle of the earth? Who knew I'd be doing uh, Lord of the Rings material here in the middle of the show? But, uh, so that epic, I think I was doing it more because I like now my friend Anne Marie, she just started recently found out about the podcast. Uh, and I can remember talking to her on the phone and telling her these ideas and probably my friend Molly and Marnie, uh, but they didn't go anywhere. I can remember like taking ideas and trying to think of character names and 
that there'd be like two groups, you know, the whole thing, you know, and, and one of those epic kid written epics. And I, but I, and I guess because I hadn't read it, I don't think I read the Lord of the Rings books until, uh, I knew about the movie before the movie came out, like a year before, uh, I can remember I was in a Goodwill store and then I bought the first one, the fellowship, what is that called? Fellowship of the ring. Right. Uh, I mean, I read other fantasy type books, uh, but so, but I, I don't know, I guess for when I was that age, I was just hung up on the idea. I said, what do you mean it's not the middle of the earth? Uh, that's the, the, I don't want to re- read it then. Uh, so I don't know if I have a middle earth complex. Uh, okay. So then again, because I, I've lost a lot of time, I spent a lot of time, uh, invested in, uh, uh, escapism, we'll say. And that, that took, now there was a couple, there's only actually not very many times I tried to pull myself out of the escapism. I mean, uh, so there's like one time I think like, uh, in when I was in going to university or college or whatever you want to call it, that uh, I was in a film class and and I tried to pull myself out uh, and did a little bit of writing, but again it was more like uh, I didn't realize that it was just a lot easier just to do small sustained regular work. Uh, I mean, part of a class uh, in that it was like a progression. So like when stuff wasn't immediately as good as I wanted it to be in the class. Uh, I got frustrated, but I also got, did learn some cool collaboration skills, uh, uh, with a couple of my classmates. Uh, so that was good. Uh, but again, I didn't like, uh, it didn't, it wasn't sustainable again, cause I had other issues. And then yeah, post, uh, again, I still had this fantasy of saying, I'm going to do something like, that's what I want to do is stories or movies or something. And then again, I kind of got off track. And then I tried one other time to take an extension writing class. Uh, and this was in my probably early 20s. And uh, it, it was uh, it was just uh, like, uh, it went good. And people in the class were cool. Uh, this author came and spoke to our class. I really liked his book. Uh, I remember trying to write some stories and, and reading them to the classmates and going through that initial phase uh, of being like, I'm not good at this. I don't want to share it or stuff. Uh, and almost coming out of that, but uh, I, I guess I couldn't get over my, uh, you know, my need to escape and my negative ego or two things I couldn't keep in check. Or, 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 or uh, So, so again, I retreated, I guess, or um, if we want to look at it in a more holistic way, Maybe I was sleeping or whatever in a metamorphosis or jur- still on the journey. Like, I mean, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, for me, it was a long meandering journey and uh, necessary steps were taken. It was just my steps were slow, long and meandering. And so I did a lot more meandering. And I guess it was like, uh, like right around the time I like crossed in my 30, uh, 30s, uh, and my daughter was born that again, I had another moment that I think I've talked about in the podcast where it was just like, uh, okay, you have this daughter, you want to raise her to be a strong woman that she could do whatever she sets her mind to, you know, and, uh, you know, overcoming all the, the, the inherent obstacles in the way of that. Uh, uh, but you don't like, uh, I was just picturing her when she was like 16 or 18 saying, uh, how come you gave me all that advice to try and you didn't try? 
And even though it was an imaginary conversation, uh, it really did shake me in a way, uh, not quite fully awake. And I mean, I can remember where I was when I thought about that. And then I started to think about, geez, well, what would I regret most? Uh, was it, uh, like, uh, and it was like, not like, geez, I don't know. Can I live with this regret of not trying again? I guess like this is meandering. I'm trying to be as meandering and, uh, but you know, sometimes a podcast, I try to be real, but I'll keep trying to talk in this nice soothing voice. And it is a soothing thing, actually, like, uh, Again, bringing it into the present is like telling is is so like uh, you can be soothed by this uh, because this journey does come, uh, it, it does go somewhere. So this all served uh, uh, like a form. This was like uh, you know the volcano, you know the like the atoll, the formation of an atoll, or some people would say they just take the tea out of that. Uh, uh, but so. So I did have this moment of like, okay, you're right. We need to try. And that's when I got like, uh, I don't know if it was immediate, probably wasn't immediate. And so I did try to write a few movies, like outline and then learn, geez, what's the screenplay format? I I don't know if I'd started listening to script notes quite yet or script notes. The script notes hadn't been invented yet. That's a podcast about scribbling. Uh, but script notes was a podcast that had impact, but that's probably a little bit later than this. Uh, but so I, I, I wrote, I was trying to write one thing, which was like a bit of a, like a, like a, like R rated comedy. And I think I just wrote some scenes for that. Then I was writing this one story. Uh, initially it was like based on my curiosity. So I would take my daughter. Now my daughter's like, uh, in the toddler age, uh, and I would take her to the park this one Tuesday, or I think it was a Tuesday when I was like a stay home from work dad. And I can remember this group of four women that were friends that all had kids. Uh, they would always be at the park this one, the same day at the same time. And they would eat lunch, the four of them together. And it just kind of like, it just drew my curiosity because they were very like a uh, different, uh, but very similar in some ways. And I just like, it was stirred in my, like, what's the story here? Uh, who are these women? What are their connections? What are their lives like? Uh, and what's interesting, like w- one was a bit like Astrid, uh, two were kind of more, uh, uh, uh side players. And then w- one woman, she kind of seemed like the lead. Uh, so then I started thinking about her and Astrid and, and then I would have interactions with them at the sandbox. Uh, so it kind of made it a complex, <laughs> but I mean, I've spent a lot of time in my head and then I remember, and I don't even know if this actually happened or I just was the scene I wrote, uh, is I just started like thinking about it and what's the story? Uh, is there like a conflict between, uh, uh, these two or what, you know, what, and, uh, I like imagined that the one woman that was the kind of mo- the majority of my focus, uh, uh, that she was like a like an artist, and she had written her own, uh, released her own comic book, and that she shared it with her friends one day at lunch. And so then I started said, okay, that's part of the story. And I started writing the screenplay based, and it ended up kind of being like a rom, not a rom con, but uh, or maybe it did. I don't know how much plot was in there. It was more like her, and then like a conflicted, uh, like a like a male lead. 
I mean, I remember it had a couple scenes and eventually like ended up, uh, you don't really remember the plot. Uh, like something happened at Comic-Con, that was where the climax was. And I don't have know if I have anything saved, but it really wasn't like, and this is like non-judgmental. It just was like a little, it had some characters and I don't know how much story it had. And it kind of had a general idea. And the one I uh, had written before that or worked on before that was the scenes was more of like high concept. It had a strong concept. It had a strong main character uh, and it had some scenes. Uh, so it was like, okay, I'm starting to do some kind of writing. Then, and again, this is a, a great thing about start with this or uh, is a community college. So then I said, uh, okay, let's keep going with this. And I signed up for a class at my community at Berkeley City College. Uh, shout out to Berkeley City College. Uh, and Joey now is a little bit more grown up, so I didn't have any conflicts with the teacher at this class. Uh, uh, but so the teacher was Joey, and she, uh, it was this big class. It was like script writing or screenwriting 101. And uh, I remember within the first couple of classes, we had to have a pitch of a story we were going to write or work on. And I had had an initial idea uh, of a scene. Uh, so I had this scene, and this was when I had my uh, protector of stone fruit job. And I had had this scene in my, in, in my mind. Uh, and again, I, I can't. I don't want to give too much of this story away. It's not something I'm currently working on, but it is a story that I still want to work on. Uh, but so, it, like, uh, well, I guess I could share it with you. It's in the middle of the latest sleep podcast. But so, I initially had this scene that I was fantasizing about, and I don't even think I wrote it. Uh, of uh, I was listening to NPR one day. I forget what show, and in the tag or whatever between shows, they had. Uh, a marching band version of the song Frankenstein, uh, Edgar Winter song. And I thought that was cool. And I thought about my dad who loves, uh, marching band music. And the scene I kind of was like, thought of, and maybe I sketched it out was like, uh, what if the uh, dad, or what if my dad before, like in a secret piece of writing or contact before he went to the big farm said, uh, I want a marching band at my funeral. And again, don't steal this. Idea. I mean, this idea has already eroded, but but uh, I think I threw it out. But I'm this is idea I'm working on. So, uh, but so like, uh, and I thought about the reactions I'd have with my siblings. So that was a concept of the story I was going to work on this script writing class. And then I thought about it like in a fictional way. Oh, like so I started to fictionalize it. Uh, and over the next couple of years, I was writing that story because I said. The feedback I got from the teacher and the class was like, oh, we like this concept. Uh, it was basically, and I didn't realize at the time, it was also uh, not autobiographical, but my subconscious trying to give me a message. Uh, I thought it was just 100% fictional. But it was like uh, a guy gets a call. He's estranged from his father and his sister. His sister's a kind of, a, she's a WNBA athlete, but she's also a, uh, helping take care of their father. And the father lives in a retirement village uh, that uh, G and DK actually live in, uh, in, in the script I wrote. And, and uh, the father, get, the, uh, the father, the, 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 the father uh, gets close to going to the big farm where it's like imminent. 
And the sister calls the brother and says, hey, you got to come home. Dad's headed to the big farm, and he wants to say goodbye to you. It would be nice if you could come back, fly back here, or fly down to Florida. And so the brother, uh, he goes to the airport, but he uh, has so much to drink at the airport waiting for his delayed flight uh, that he sleeps through, or he can't get on the plane. He misses his flight. And he's sleeping at the airport, and the father's waiting there to say goodbye to him. And the father actually calls him and leaves a voicemail because he sleeps through his father's call and uh, eventually wakes up when the sister calls and says, Hey, uh, oh, by the way, thanks for ma- How'd you miss your flight? Uh, I was at the airport to pick you up. You weren't there. Uh, Dad, Dad, by the way, when I went to pick you up at the airport, Dad went to the big farm. And then he says, Oh, gee, sorry, I'll come back uh, now. And she says, great, that's terrific. And then he realizes he has a voicemail from his father that says, hey, would you, uh, you know, I sorry I missed you. You know, let's, like, you know, like, this is emotionally wrought too. But he says, I'd like a marching band at my funeral. So then that's the kind of uh, inciting, whatever you call it. The son says, well, geez, I want my marching band at my dad's funeral. His sister reacts how any regular person would say no in the retirement community says no. And like I, I tried to rewrite that. I wrote that script and rewrote it a few times, uh, but I think I was too emotionally connected to it where I was like, uh, this is going to be my writing sample, or maybe I'm just not meant to write screenplays. Uh, maybe that's the other thing I learned. Uh, but I've spent a couple of years writing and rewriting that, uh, uh, to the point where I rewrote it out because uh, they said, well, this is it. If this isn't my writing sample, I'm never, like, I kind of got confused with the the story versus the, the, the result or whatever. And I uh, got too tied into, like, uh, this has to work. Uh, and actually, I was still writing it for a year, at least while I was doing the podcast. And then I got to the point where the podcast was taking up so much time. They said, okay, it's either less podcast or let's not write like uh i had finished one rewrite and i said okay if this isn't a, a writing sample quality what am i going to do and i decided let's just work on the podcast the podcast is working this story's good it's just not uh there so this is a story i'd like to tell one day like i still think it'll be a good movie i'd like to pitch it to emily and kamal but uh it'd be a dream to have them make it into a movie um, but do you see, but so I rewrote that too many times. Also during that time, I was writing something smaller in short form with two other authors. But again, I still like, uh, in, in, I still wasn't like, uh, uh, sober. So none of this, uh, there was just also this other giant obstacle in the way of any of this working out. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know, maybe like, I guess maybe I was sober during some of that rewriting, but whatever, like, uh, maybe I wasn't, I don't know. but uh. Or maybe I wasn't, I don't, I don't know. I think I was, but, uh, and so I think that was the last thing, I guess that's the last thing, like, uh, it, like again, but it was, sometimes I tell people this, it was like, maybe I had to work on that stuff first. Uh, like sometimes you get so caught up or I got so caught up in making that writing sample work uh, that I didn't realize what I realize now is like that made this work, uh, like I, I told, like sometimes you have to make the thing or two or like all the things before you make the thing is like a piece of advice I like to give people. I don't know if I got it from somebody else or what, 
but you got to make those things before you make the thing, unfortunately, for a lot of us. Uh, and so that's like what kind of part of this story is like, uh, those are the things I had to make before this thing. And now this other thing isn't, isn't this other thing that I'm thinking about making isn't an ongoing thing anyway. So it's like, uh, but it's interesting because it's like, uh, well, geez, I don't know if it, can I make that? Uh, is that a good idea? So I don't know. I share all that just to share with you, uh, uh, you know, some of the journey I've been on, but I mean, in the end for me, what works is like, uh, it just, just car, just starting and yeah, for, for, if we have an easy path, uh, we start with this is, uh, why not start with this, start listening and just doing those two assignments. You know, I think maybe it is like involved in like, it does like, uh, you're worth it. Just like with me telling you, you deserve to be treated with dignity and respect. You deserve a good night's sleep. Uh, like it was also me just saying to that part of myself, you're worth it. You know, that part of you that's excited and scared, you're worth it. Or if I could go back in time and say, well, you're worth it. You could accept that. Or you like, it's okay. You feel conflicted about these authority figures. Uh, like, uh, believe me, in whatever, how many years from now, it'll come full circle. You're in the meander right now. Uh, so I don't know. I just want to, I, I don't know. When I, when I think about the show, I think about this really important to me is that you know you're worth it and your idea is worth it. And that is, that it is like just a matter of starting with this. Uh, and I mean, I like, I, like, I don't even know. I mean, I, I, I would trust, uh, you in the hands of Joseph and Jeffrey, uh, in yourself. Like, uh, like I, I just want, I don't want to give you a pat on the back or rub your back and encouragement. Like, I want to, I, I want to like empower you to do that, like to hold your hands or to put your hand on your chest or, or your back or your cheek or your elbow and to rub your, rub yourself and say, uh, Hey, yeah, you know, maybe that's the only words that come out. Like it feels true to the moment right now. So that's, that's it. I hope you don't like, I mean, I guess the other thing, and, and maybe one of the intentions that Joseph and Jeffrey have of forming a community around this is that you're not alone uh, in any of that stuff. And that's the nice part about the internet is, uh, uh, knowing that, uh, you're not alone and I'd really love it. Uh, I think you deserve it uh, uh, to start. Uh, congratulations and a good night.